here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Shake Them Ropes, episode 242, your post-Smackdown, post post-Survivor Series, post-NXT takeover show for the week of Thanksgiving. For those of you in the States, for those of you who are not in the States, happy third week of uh, November. Your host, as always, Rob McCarron. Rob, I'm going to ask you a question, and it has many multiple answers. As opposed to saying who had the best match this weekend, I'm going to ask you who won the weekend, in your opinion. Um, let's see who won the weekend. I would say it was definitely not Shin Nakamura. Oh, dear Lord. That drove me nuts. (laughs) Uh, they're trying to make that a thing. They are trying to make a thing that is happening. They are trying to make it Shin Nakamura. They are tired of everyone understanding it as shit stain. They are tired of everyone uh, saying the whole name. They're trying to give him a cool little nickname. Uh, eventually he'll probably just have the one name. It'll be Shin, you know, Mm -hmm. entering the ring now. Shin. Get ready for it, people. Get ready for it, people. Who won the weekend? Uh, let's see. Um, you could say it was AJ or Brock Lesnar or both. You could say it was Andrade Almas. Mm-hmm. You could say it was Asuka. I don't know if there's a clear-cut winner of the weekend. Braun Strowman, maybe, but this is just one more step in the rise of Braun Strowman. Uh, you know, winning... Being a a survivor in the main event and getting the the drop on Triple H, Uh, if you had to pick one, I'll go with Braun Strowman and the continued rise of what will be WWE's next big star. He is definitely one of the ones on the list because I'm thinking he's he's in that second from the top match with Triple H now, which is where Triple H always positions himself at WrestleMania. Oh, sure. Um, I you know what? Yeah, almost, of course, is on there. Asuka, I didn't have her down there. I think AJ Styles wins the weekend because I think for the great year that Kazuchito Okada and Kenny Omega have had, I think AJ Styles is still the best wrestler in the world. Okay, I think he sure. is. I think he is. I think this solidified it, really. I, I he, Look, you can go in there with great guys and have great matches, AJ's been asked to go in on short notice or what have you with various different styles. And, and he's just come out with art every time. I wasn't expecting too much from this Brock match, but I was excited for it. It absolutely surpassed my expectations and Brock's great. Don't get me wrong, but AJ made him look so good in this match and it just it 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 just solidifies to me that i think i think aj styles this year in the wwe even though he's been a bit under the radar uncle dave's hall of fame i think he's i think he's getting in eventually well that's great Uh, dave Meltzer's hall of fame doesn't matter of course i know Uh, the wwe hall of fame is what matters everyone knows that uh being And, and i'll tell you something else I, w- I would love Brock versus AJ to headline WrestleMania. Screw Roman. Uh, I don't know about Screw that. Screw Roman. Well, I don't want him there. All right. Here's the thing. 
AJ and Brock was great tonight. All right. AJ Styles is one of the best wrestlers ever. He was under the radar this year because he ha- wasn't having a great year. Now, at the same time, look at the guys he was in the ring with for most of the year. Uh, no one would have a great year. They asked people. him to bring up guys to his yeah. level. That, yeah. that was what mm-hmm. they were asking. Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Uh, very interesting year for AJ. Um, AJ Styles, Shinsuke Nakamura is a, is a, uh, is a match I want to see at WrestleMania. Like if you're, yeah, if you're going to do the five hour show, you know, give up, give them a 25 minute Shinsuke AJ Styles match. What do you have to lose? doesn't have to be for the title. It could be for the title. doesn't have to be, Mm -hmm. uh, put those two in the ring, uh, find some type of program for them to work. doesn't even have to be a heated rivalry. You've done it before where you just had the two guys go in there. You did it with Kurt Angle and Shawn Michaels, put two guys who believe they're both the best on that brand, go out there, have a little bit of a history and put them in the ring together and see what kind of match you come out. Um, Brock Lesnar, fantastic, but let's not, I, you say screw Roman Reigns, but let's be real. Roman <laughs> Reigns, Brock Lesnar from WrestleMania a couple of years ago was probably better. Um, well, I mean, but okay. It was better than this, but you put AJ and Brock on a WrestleMania stage. It'll be better than that. But I understand. Look, Roman's getting the main event slot at WrestleMania. I know that already. Yeah. I've come to terms with that. Yeah. And you know I've what confirmed that? that they're probably, they're probably coronating him there. Oh, sure. I'm fine with that too. But you, yeah, you know what confirmed that too tonight was the fact that he was one of only two dudes, three, 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 three. guys who didn't have to wear a raw or SmackDown shirt, two dudes mm-hmm. who didn't wear a red or a blue shirt, you know, right. at least kind of showing what brand they're loyal to. Uh, yeah. It was Roman Reigns. It was John Cena. John Cena yes. even went anti wearing a green shirt tonight. Just like I'm, I'm a free agent still. I'm just here to collect a paycheck. Just dumb on their part to do that kind of thing. Cause it just, people notice this stuff. They don't think people notice these things. People notice the guys that don't have to wear the branded dopey shirts for these laundry wards that they do. <laughs> they notice, they notice who's not in the invasion oh, yeah. angle. Oh, yeah. They notice these things and they just they take that for granted. Oh, no one's ever going to notice that because our stars are our stars. No, they notice. They notice when you're keeping guys out and that everybody else doesn't matter. They notice these things should be noted as well. Uh, Roman Reigns didn't wear the shirt. Kurt Angle did wear the shirt and also is seemingly hiding new uh, gear under that shirt that's made. I mean, it's not the traditional singlet. Uh, it's. It goes all the way it's up to MVP, his neck. It's, it's an M, yeah, it's an MVP. It, it's type. an MVP type style uh, getup right now going on there. Uh, now we had a poll at Shake Them Ropes on Twitter. We had the poll running. Uh, would Kurt Angle wear his traditional singlet this week or this Sunday at Survivor Series? He hadn't done so yet. He's wrestled two matches in WWE up until tonight, and he did not. He did, wore the shield gear, and then he wore a compression shirt on the house show he did in the UK tour. Um, and tonight he wore the raw shirt and a non-traditional singlet for Kurt Angle. So the uh, the nose had it. 70% of the audience said no. And that was the correct answer on this week's poll at Shake Them Ropes. You can follow Jeff at Crap Game 13. Follow the show at Shake Them Ropes. Uh, hit up our sponsor. You got to try them, guys, if you haven't already. Blue Apron. BlueApron.com slash shake. Go to BlueApron.com slash shake. Try some great quality food. Try a new experience. BlueApron.com slash shake. Save 30% or $30, actually. Even better. $30. Off your first order right now at blueapron.com slash shake. Jeff, a big weekend. Uh, they are only half over in Houston. They had the two yes. shows this weekend. They have two more coming, Raw and SmackDown. Um, that, uh, if there's any reaction 
if if the reaction to the two shows the last couple of nights is any indication, SmackDown is going to die a further death than we even thought last week. Yeah, and that tends to happen on these four night weekends, it, 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 you know, and especially of neither the post Rumble Raw and SmackDown because that's the road to WrestleMania, and then the post WrestleMania Raw, which is always hot, but even that SmackDown has a gets less of a reaction than the Raw does. It's still a good crowd, but it's not that hot crowd that you get for Raw. So I think. You know what? You could you could see some tarping of that arena come come Tuesday night. Oh, you will. You, you saw it Saturday at NXT Takeover. They that was not unfortunate. Sell out the building. Yeah. Well, not sell out the but, building. Yeah, and they didn't sell out the parts that they wanted to sell out because I think the upper deck was going to be tarped one way or another. And you know, I I think NXT deserve. I mean, but it's also to me it makes sense that people aren't traveling for a four day weekend in Houston right before the holidays um, and and to a non-destination city for the most part. I, I, that doesn't shock me at all. And it seems to be a miscalculation on their part that people are going to do that for mania. Sure. We're coming in for rumble perhaps because people travel for rumble pretty well, but the others, I, I don't, I don't see the need for these four, four night, things even though they're getting a deal on the building because you're not getting different crowds every night and you're basically (laughs) almost literally saying we're gonna wear you out for these four nights if you're doing it on not one of the top two uh pay-per-view weekends head to uh shake them ropes on twitter right now i'm retweeting uh there's a gif making its way around uh triple h uh selling to the back after tonight's Survivor Series pay-per-view, selling his death, he uh, he walks into the Jumbotron wall <laughs> and sells. He, he walks right into it, blindsided. Uh, go go watch Triple H, a true hero, uh, sacrificed his captain for the betterment of the team tonight. That's the story they're running with at the moment. Triple H knew what he was doing. He was selling out Kurt Angle uh, to win the match for his team, to guarantee victory. Uh, Kurt Angle, Triple H, WrestleMania 20, what is it? WrestleMania 34, is it going to be? Do you think it happens? No, I think it's going to be Braun. Braun and Hunter? Mm-hmm. Hunter? Oh, man, I think that match happens at the Royal Rumble. No, I think they end up eliminating each other at the Rumble. Is it just me wanting it to happen at the Royal Rumble? I think it is. Because we're going there? Because we're going there. Yes. Oh, uh, is that where you want it? Okay. Oh, I want to see Braun. Triple H live. Oh, for sure. I'd also want to see Braun win the Royal Rumble. I want to see Braun win all five matches on the Royal Rumble show. <laughs> I want him to be in every match and dominate all of them. Uh, a so lot are we, to- going, over, are we yeah. going over this? Oh, first, we're, we- we're going to go over uh, the Survivor Series. Then we'll go over the main thoughts on TakeOver War Games that also happened. Uh, it's a big week. Uh, this is uh, this is a lot to unpack. Um, the main event of the show, a good show overall. The main event was certainly wacky. Uh, Raw, SmackDown, Randy Orton, the youngest dude in the match. Uh, you had Shinsuke Nakamura and Bobby Roode as the first two out for the SmackDown side and the first two out in the match. You had Samoa Joe, the third person out, I want to say. Uh, and then shortly thereafter, Finn Balor was eliminated. Basically, all of Hunter's NXT kids were the first four kicked out. 
Yeah, but none of them looked bad. Oh, no. So bad. I, didn't, I didn't mind that. I mean, even Nakamura looked, oh, I mean, the people I enjoyed, the, I loved the Nakamura Triple H stuff. I really Nakamura did. Triple I H, it was, it was awesome. They were really hyped to see Finn Balor and Shinsuke Nakamura. This Houston crowd mm-hmm. knew what was up. Yeah, no, there was no problem. I mean, because we knew Nakamura and Rude were going to be, were, were basically red shirts, so to speak, for the for the SmackDown team, if you want to use the old Star Trek terminology. Right. Uh, them coming back to help beat up Braun was a bit much for brand loyalty, I thought. And then I, I thought the Finn, uh, the, the Finn and Joe eliminations were fine. Um, I was shocked by how little... John Cena's presence in this m- match mattered. He's the only one who really underwhelmed to me in terms right. of his. But does he have his, to though? I mean, does he have no. to be memorable at this point? Every single match. I mean, it was a way to get a John Cena type star into the match. Uh, honestly, it was much better having Cena in the match than another young star who was just no, going I, to lose in the middle and I be. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree with all that, but, but, it, but in a match where everybody's kind of getting these huge pops for coming in tagging in and doing their stuff and, you know, really kind of putting, I mean, every guy in this match really put a nice effort in, I thought as well. Well, it was interesting. Uh, you just, you'd had, you had seen John Cena in the ring with all of these dudes, uh, except for the Samoa Joe and the Finn Balors. So not a, not a ton of stuff to get excited for, Bobby, I guess. Well, yeah, that's true. He's not wrestling his own teammates like Triple H. No, I know that I know. scoundrel. But it, it, no, it just, but for a guy, I mean, it's like bringing the Rock back and just, eh, okay, the Rock <laughs> was in that match. I mean, if yeah. if you want to, if you want to go with a parallel that he's trying to be, it, it just, it really didn't. I mean, it was weird how it was just weird to me. I, I'm it not saying strange. it was a bad thing. It, it was, was strange. just weird how kind of anticlimactic it was to have John Cena in that match. You're just like, sure. huh, okay. And they tried to make it special, but the crowd wasn't going along with it. No, I, well, the crowd was, they were some, they were interested in a lot of this match. Uh, certain were. parts they were kind of slowed down on. And then the finish there, uh, when Triple H comes in and does the pedigree to Kurt Angle and then does the gimmick with Shane McMahon, that's the quietest and you had heard that crowd all weekend. The they crowd did not knew care. that was coming. They that didn't crowd care. knew that, that that pedigree was coming. And and it was just they may have known it. They didn't crowd. care about it. It yeah, was no gas, was, nothing. Crowd was looking at him like oh. Braun. Right, Braun, <laughs> get in there, kill this dude. Well, Braun's at the same time. Braun's uh, not a dummy. Um, he may play that on TV sometimes. He's no dummy. He knows that Triple H. Hey, we'll see what happens here. I'm not going to jump to conclusions. Uh, and and Triple H ended up winning for his team. And then Braun, you know, did the smart thing. You know, he never crossed me. I see the game you played here, but never cross me. If you do, I'll end you. And then Triple H crossed him, and Braun were Strowman you at, ended him. Were you at all surprised we didn't get Kane nor Jason Jordan? Uh, a little surprised that Jason Jordan did not appear on the main show. I believe he that promo he cut, I believe, was on the pre-show. Could have been on the main show. I thought it was on the pre-show. Um, yeah, and that was basically the end of Jason Jordan. Like, didn't come out here. I expected some Jason Jordan interference. We got the Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens interference uh, we expected, which is interesting. If your whole gimmick right now is that you are being treated unfairly by the boss, would the smartest move to be interrupt his big main event match that he's been hyped for for a month? Is that going to help your case? Is he going to all of a sudden be like, you know what, Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, you do deserve more, and I should be nicer to both of you. I will make the point that they tried to get 
this over a little bit on the website during the show because they did a vignette with those two yes. and Stephanie McMahon, right. which is a mistake. Put this stuff on the TV so we know what's going you should, on. You should have put that on the TV. Uh, there was a backstage segment which uh, they intimated maybe making a move to Raw. But if you're not making the move to Raw, if this is the idea, plus you have to be traded to Raw, you think Shane's going to let you off that easy? Maybe that becomes the story, that they want to be on Raw, and Shane's like, no, we're going to make your life hell here on SmackDown. It almost plays like you still have to do some type of Shane match with Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn or both of them, and maybe Shane McMahon picks some uh, some wrestlers to fight for him. I, I no don't know Daniel- what I wanted to say there, but. Yeah, no Daniel Bryan uh, no. intrigue either on this, other than to get dressed down in terrible Stephanie improv yeah. mm-hmm. ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, it was it was a very uh, baffling closing to the show. Let's go through this uh, Survivor Series show pre-show featured three different matches: uh, Elias versus Matt Hardy, which ne- went nearly ten minutes. That's right; even the pre-show matches got time on this show. It- Felt like it went for half an hour. I swear. I Matt, looked up. I go. This match is still going. Oh man, this this card was. I, yes, there were a lot of old guys in the main event. Um, I mean, when the final four were in, your final four were three Raw dudes versus Shane McMahon. It was Kurt Angle, Triple H, Braun Strowman, and Shane McMahon fighting for his brand, the last man surviving. Uh, and at that point in the final four, Shane McMahon was the second youngest of those four left <laughs> remaining. Second youngest a year younger than Kurt Angle two years younger than Hunter just outrageous yeah, but none, of, none of them looked none of them looked older than Matt Hardy maybe the other <laughs> way around one and two but still yeah none of them oh Matt Hardy's the I mean Matt Hardy and Kurt Angle have no business being in a pro wrestling ring let alone a WWE ring they have no business being in there and Elias gets the win Matt Hardy's basically this guy who's going to be uh, somewhat of a star they can go out there but he's going to lose every single match until Jeff comes back every single one and the fact that there is no sign at all of him getting any type of singles push, let alone a broken Matt Hardy singles push. That's not happening. This should it's confirm it to all anymore. of you who doubted me. Yeah. It's never coming, guys. <laughs> you. It's never coming. Oh, I've been saying it since he showed up in WWE. We were saying this. I was saying it on this very show before he showed up in WWE. Everyone's like, oh, broken Matt Hardy's coming. Look at it. He's doing the mannerisms. It's over. It's going to happen. He's trying to get the rights to it. All this stuff. It's happening. It's never happening in WWE. Never, ever. And this should confirm it to you tonight. Okay. I, I relent. I was the one who thought it was going to come in some fashion. Uh, it's not. Enzo Amore defeated Callisto. Uh, Callisto botched his entrance, and that's pretty much the only <laughs> thing in this match that was worth a damn. Uh, he didn't jump far enough on his little uh, little trampoline gimmick, and he got caught up in the ropes. Tyler Black, IWA Mid-South style. <clears throat> Just outrageous. Yeah. And then Enzo wins. Uh, Enzo Enzo wins the match. He's the Cruiserweight champion. What's next? Who's the next to step up? Is it Hideo Itami? Is it Johnny Gargano? Is it Pete Dunne? No, it's someone already on the roster, probably. It's probably uh, Tazawa. You uh, you think that, and I, I wouldn't put it past him. I was hoping but, I was hoping there'd be a Drew Gulak feud. Mm, to be honest with you, I'd love to see those two go at each other on the mic. Maybe they can go at it. Maybe they can go at it. Drew Gulak, uh, he's done pretty well for himself. This Drew Gulak fella. Oh yeah, I've I've sung his praises for weeks now. 
Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn were the main event of the pre-show, uh, beating up <laughs> Breezango, Tyler Breeze and Fandango. I thought the interplay on the mics between the two teams uh, before the match was pretty good. Uh, I like this gimmick where Sami Zayn over-enunciates every single word he says, as well as basically doing a silent film while talking, if that makes any sense. I mean, yes. his gestures are all over the place. Uh, this is a guy who's finding himself here as a heel because he's never had to be one before. The slow dancing. Uh, st- he's still skanking, but it's almost in slow motion when he and Kevin are walking down. Kind of like in that, was it Butch and, uh, I forget the two dogs. I posted the gif of it earlier. It, it's just fantastic. He is such a smarmy jerk and he's really, really good at it. And the uh, pay-per-view show began with a six man match. Uh, the shield going up against the new day. Uh, my wife before you, started before you go into that real quick. Okay. There were a couple of really good promos. I thought on this pre-show. Okay. I, I liked, mm-hmm. I liked the Alexa bliss Charlotte interplay. I thought that was very, very good. Uh, Alexa bliss is a superstar. Yeah. Uh, she's the biggest star. She was the biggest star in the show. You want to talk about who won the weekend? Alexa bliss. Biggest star on the right. show. Oh, six man match. So my wife was watching the first hour of this pay-per-view with me. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a big New Day fan. She wants the New Day to win every single match. She loves them. Oh, okay. Uh, Fair. Trom- trombone players should in, always get uh, yes. good. In, in her yes. words, uh, Kofi Kingston is very athletic. <laughs> the Shield wins, however. 21 mm-hmm. minutes. Uh, again, Roman Reigns did not have to wear a Raw brand shirt. He was not on Team Raw. He was just and there to wore their shirts during the match. That and those was... stupid raw shield hybrid t-shirts. Like they didn't wear them to the ring. They put them on before getting into the ring. That's how important putting on those shirts was. Let me ask you something, which was worse, the half shirts or five guys in the announce booth? Uh, five guys in the announce booth actually didn't hinder the show as much as I thought it would. Like I was dreading okay. it, but they I mean, they talked over each other a few times. There was a lot of Raw versus SmackDown bullshit they were talking about. But otherwise, I thought they did a pretty good job of keeping out of each other's way. Um, so your answer is the shirts. Uh, the shirts were definitely worse. They're the worst huh. of all time. They should be shredded and uh, demolished. If you can demolish a shirt, that should be the shirt you can demolish. Okay. Um, otherwise than that, I mean, the shield gets a win. Uh, this is their pay-per-view reunification. I know they reunited on Raw. They got the win there. Uh, I don't see it continuing. I mean, we're headed into Royal Rumble and WrestleMania season. And if Roman's headed to the main event, you might see them team up a couple more times on Raw. But eventually they're going to have to separate. This was basically the end of the Shield reuniting. This match did not start for me until the point I thought was going to be the pinfall, which was when they did the triple powerbomb spot on Xavier Woods and he got saved. Mm. And then the match became fantastic. Because to me, it was just kind of rote until then. And then then it became all manner of chaos. And, and I loved it after that fact. But the first half of this match did nothing for me for the most part, other than kind of they, they were trying to do they were tr- It was contrived what they were trying to do, like the whole biggie Roman interplay, you know, and, and things of that nature. But after after that triple powerbomb of Xavier Woods, I loved this match quite a bit. I loved all the double team spots. Xavier Woods, sneaky strong, keeping Biggie on his uh, shoulders like that. I thought, um, you know, and, and I liked that. Uh, I liked that they had to have an emphatic end as opposed to just the normal powerbomb spot to kill Kofi and to finally stop this match. I thought it was really, really good. 
it was a fun match. It was it was definitely interesting there at the end. Uh, Big E did he did his spear through the ropes. I believe it was on Dean Ambrose. I want to say yes. Yeah, Dean Ambrose. He speared him through the ropes. That move is back. Uh, yeah, fun start to the show. Fun, uh, interesting opener. Following that was the five on five Survivor Series interbrand elimination match. The traditional five on five Survivor Series match. To which my wife replied, "There is nothing traditional." about five women fighting five other women in a ring. There's nothing <laughs> traditional. This is not Thanksgiving. Thank you. Um, and here, uh, let, I, I just want to say, okay, all joking, mm-hmm. we've had some fun so far. All joking aside, very serious note. Asuka's over. The Emma debut worked. Those two things have nothing to do with each other. Uh, let me ask you a question, Jeff. Was Asuka over tonight? Yes. Did Asuka win her debut against Emma? <laughs> I, I just, it, it's a yes or no. It's a yes or no. <laughs> Don't do that. It's a yes Don't or no. lawyer me. Don't you dare lawyer me on my own show. It is a yes or no. Answer the question <laughs> as asked. Yes or no. No for the words. Okay, uh, fine. She, she won that, but yeah, it has nothing hmm. to do with it. Oh, then the debut worked. Uh-huh. One month later. I mean, it's no coincidence. Anyway, Asuka... Uh, is the big winner on this show, or this match, anyway. She was the final Raw survivor. She took down the two remaining survivors on SmackDown, Natalia and Tamina, who would have guessed. Uh, the big It wasn't even comedy. Um, so my wife was asking me, like, uh, when they were doing near falls at the beginning of the match, because she'd never seen a Survivor Series match before. They're doing near falls so early. And she's like, you know, common sense here. Uh, that would be weird for them to get pinned right out of the gate. That would That would seem odd. Like, they shouldn't get pinned right out of the gate. And I'm explaining, you know, sometimes they do that for comedy. You know, a fluke, you know, someone will hit somebody and then turn away and not look and then get they, a sneak pin. And and I'm as I'm explaining that, like two minutes into the match, Becky Lynch gets pinned in a non-comedic <laughs> role. And she's like, oh, okay. And that is the she, moment. That's the moment where she gave up watching the show. That was her final, <laughs> her final spot watching Survivor Series. You also have to explain to her that they're, it's to set up that these two great competitors can yeah. pin each other at any oh, time. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Mm. This well, this know. this match went from stupid to awesome to a mess. Yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> progression. I I you know what I read a certain friend of ours rationalization that this kind of roll up pin on Becky is meant to protect her from getting beat, and I'm just like. No, I don't buy that. It made her look dumb. And especially <laughs> I don't know if you know, dumb is the right word. Like I you can understand losing your place. You're wrestling five other women. You're you're concentrating on the woman in the ring. You don't know a tag was made. I can understand. And at least the pin looked good. Like Bailey really did have her rolled up and yes. crunched down. Like it wasn't a fluke thing. It was I, I didn't mind the elimination so much. It made SmackDown have to come from behind uh, in a way. Especially it after, like they, after it they felt lost. like they were really it felt like they were really trying to save Becky and Asuka for later and Becky and whoever yeah. on that. I don't even side. know if I mean, they're trying I get to, that. Yeah. I don't even know if they're trying to save Becky versus Asuka later on, but just you know, Becky's not a she's not a loser. It, it's weird saying that because she's the first one eliminated, but um it, it was their idea. It was their yeah. idea. Lana and broke then, her shoe then, during the match, so there's that. And then and then Barley looked Barley Bailey. Bailey. Yeah, her name is Bailey Jeff. <laughs> Thank you. Thank I thought you, you were a fan uh, of hers. I was. Th- Shut up. <laughs> it looks great. 
mm-hmm. for a short stint and then gets pinned. And I'm just like, what are they? And then it kind of made sense because of everything else. But then like it got really athletic and cool and everybody's flying all over the place. But then everybody's also then getting pinned so that we could set up Tamina and Nia. I'm like, okay. And then Asuka kill people, which was fine. I thought I, I just, it, they get too clever on the story to me when it should be competitive. And I thought, I thought at first they were just going to kill the other three horsewomen because I thought mm-hmm. Charlotte was winning. I thought that was going to be part of, but that that's more of a sinister type of thinking on my part. But oh yeah, but 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 let's put it this way: I almost quit watching when Becky and Bailey were the first two ones out of this. First I just ones like, oh. out. Uh, there was a there was a cool interchange uh, interplay in this match between. Well, there were a few of those. Well, Tamina and Nia. Was really cool mm-hmm. with the super kicks uh, going there. Tamina was hitting those one after another, and Nia Jax was falling. The crowd was really getting into that. Um, there, there were some cool stuff going on in this the, match. The but, dive by Naomi, oh, I yeah. was really good, even though she didn't do much in this match. After that, she was, she was John Cena in this match. Yeah. I mean, you forgot she was there. It was, it was, it went pretty a good amount of time. I would say it was. Uh, what was it? The second longest match, the third longest match in the show was the Raw versus SmackDown Women's Survivor Series match. Uh, and I can watch Asuka kick fools all day. She was day. kicking fools. She she was, she's fantastic. Uh, she's fantastic. Um, keeps getting better. Keeps uh, keeps improving her win times coming in, as you would do when you are getting familiar to a new place. Anywho, U.S. champion Baron Corbin defeated intercontinental champion The Miz. 10 minutes in the nine title match. Uh, it pretty much went as we expected. Baron Corbin could use the win. The Miz is uh, untouchable. I mean, the guy doesn't matter whether he wins or loses. He's Chris Jericho at this point. The crowd's going to you know, notice when he's on screen. They take to him, whether good or bad, whether booing or cheering. Uh, the Miz didn't need this win here. And Baron Corbin, you're establishing a guy on SmackDown who will eventually rise up the ranks, I'm sure. Uh, so I think the right man won, and it went pretty much how we thought on last week's episode. Brave man holding up a balding Corbin sign in the aisle right as he's coming down. Well, yeah, something's <laughs> got to happen there. I mean, is this gonna is this guy gonna get the Kurt Angle treatment where he's balding so bad that eventually they bring back the hair versus hair match, or he something's going to happen with that? He can't keep going at this direction. I, as a bald man, I would just say cut it short and see what happens and after that, that. And that's fine too. Try it. Um, but something's got to go down with this because um, it's getting I, worse and worse by the day. I, I just, it was just a one-off Rob. We don't need to talk. <laughs> uh, I, I really liked Baron Corbin's promo after the match, even though, even though it's, uh, it's awkward for Renee to get in the ring as a, as a, as a fallen <laughs> is, is, is right there. Ahead of her. Dead. <laughs> Here, give a promo while he's right. laying or drooling knocked out. But I thought the promo itself was pretty good. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to make, uh, that's Baron Corbin a thing so I, he's going to continue to be a I, thing I shut his mouth and I shut your mouth too take that that was well, a hey, hey Miz my arm is up and your mouth is shut that's I thought that right yeah good job good job <laughs> B-Core uh, Smackdown Tag Team Champions The Usos defeated Raw Tag Team Champions Cesaro and Sheamus uh, The Usos promo before this match oh boy the Usos might be the best thing ever. As I have been saying for nearly a decade, 
the <laughs> Usos are probably the best tag team, not just of this current crop of tag teams, quite possibly ever in the world of professional wrestling. You have said earlier this year you wanted them dead. I jumped on this bandwagon so early before any of y'all knew who the Usos were. Oh, I've been you telling you. I've been, I'm I mean, add it, add it to the pile of ideas and comments I've made that have come correct. You guys got to listen to me, man. You listen well, to me. No, actually, you just have to shut you out until you stop talking, and then I can go. No, I I, I enjoyed this this promo. I, I don't know if you're being snarky or not. Oh, no, it was I mean, great. Really enjoy it? Oh, yeah. I, look, I, former guest of the show, friend of the show still, uh, Dylan Hales, posits that the Usos are the best tag team in WWE history. Oh, following my lead. Good for you, Dylan. <laughs> This match, after watching it, I think there's a case. I mean, their work this year has been fantastic. I mean, they are the best. They're definitely the best tag team in WWE right now. Oh, for sure. In no my question. Opinion. Oh, yeah. And and I th- I just think, for me, there, there's a problem with Sheamus and Cesaro's style. I would much rather them be brawling brutes instead of doing moves and, and there's a disconnect there when I watch them, I like them still. They still put, I mean, I love Cesaro Seamus. I'm not as high on as Cesaro, but I understand he's still very, very good. Don't get me wrong, but there's something, there's something that kind of disconnect for me between their appearance and their, and their style in the ring. But the Usos here pulling off even the bait. I mean, the pure white meat baby face type of style where they're not really in SmackDown now. They're kind of still kind of in that tweener type of stage. But we had been uh, seeing uh, a yes. little, you know, we've been seeing them go more babyface strictly for this show because you knew they were going to wrestle a, uh, a heel tag team ever since the deal with the New Day and the Shield. So ever since that, I mean, they've been building them as a babyface for this match. Yeah. Will that continue? Do they go back to um, being heels on that tag team side? Or what What goes on there? What? Who's the next challenger? Can, you know what? I think they can do they can do kind of that Ric Flair circa nineteen eighty four type thing where they go can back go switch they can switch yeah. back and forth depending on who they're fighting because sure. that Uso penitentiary thing, you know, that, that fits for either being, you know, the badasses or mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're just they they're in for a fight. Yeah. And it doesn't matter who they're fighting, the other guy and they'll they can play either. That's that's the magic of them and that ending. With the dive outside for the tag, which was great, I thought. But man, he killed himself ramming against that announce desk. I was just, I was worried for him because he he definitely uh, overshot it just a little bit. Um, but man, what a fantastic end! And I thought this match was great. I loved it. Yeah, it was, a, it was very good. Um, I enjoyed it too. It was at the heart of the show, so it was coming at a very good time where you really wanted a strong match to kind of get you to that final two hour push. Because uh, yeah, this was a long show. Uh, not a ton of main card matches. I mean, there were only seven main card matches. Everything got time. There was only one match on the main show that went under, uh, what, I think 13 minutes? Under 15 minutes, really, looking at it here. And that was the Baron Corbin, the Miz match. Everything else got 15 or more minutes. Uh, so plenty of time for everything. Uh, 15 minutes exactly was the time for Charlotte versus Alexa Bliss. Uh, Charlotte got the win here. I don't think that's much of a surprise. Uh, Alexa has built her out herself up so well and done such a good job on the raw side that she can go back to raw and use this to get even more heat uh, against the raw, the raw women's division. 
uh, losing to Charlotte here. So I, I think this is a win-win for both. Uh, interested to see what's next for Charlotte. Is it going to be Natalia still? Uh, maybe a TV rematch, and then she moves on to something else, whether it's Naomi. Is Carmella cashing in soon? There's a lot of possibilities, both on the Raw and SmackDown side for the women's division. And, and this match only helped both shows. I, I think so. Um, I It's weird, because I really like Alexa Bliss. Yeah, she's great. She is the but, greatest, I believe. Yeah, I just, I, I kind of wish in these types of matches, at least in, in terms of the big time title versus title against, you know, the, your main competitor in the division that she'd lose some of the throwing a temper tantrum or as I like to put the, she's taken a lot of Sasha Banks and NXT type of thing where she's going to monologue in the middle of a match mm-hmm. to, to, to Charlotte and kind of do that type of thing. And maybe a little bit too much fear. I mean, I get a little bit of fear, but at the point in the match where she was kind of backing off where Charlotte was angry, I'm like, no, you've been in this match going toe to toe for like 10 minutes. Now's not the time to, to, to beg off as if you know you did something wrong. You've been handling her. Why? You know, but you get put off as psychological, but her her mannerisms and her expressions are still exemplary oh, yeah. on this roster. She is fantastic <laughs> at, at that kind of stuff. I mean, she doing the whole Larry Zabisco type of stalling thing at first, I thought was great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and Charlotte, you know, uh, Charlotte's a physical specimen of a performer. I mean, she's she's just her flips and stuff or her aerial maneuvers are so graceful. It, it's, it's almost, uh, for, for a woman of, of her, her height, uh, is, is just awe inspiring at times. I'm, she's a little rough on the character stuff from time to time, in my opinion, but I thought this match was fine for what it was. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't blow you away, but it was still very, very good. I thought, I thought both women, I agree with you. Both women kind of came out of this quite well. I thought, and we talked a little bit about it, but AJ Styles, Brock Lesnar, uh, Brock Lesnar got the win. It was going into the John Cena squash territory uh, with that Brock Lesnar, John Cena match from SummerSlam years ago. It was going into that territory until this just became a back and forth classic. Uh, mm-hmm. with, uh, AJ pulling off near falls that people were buying into. Uh, this was a candidate for WWE's match of the year. Oh, yeah, main roster, definitely. It goes up there with the Usos New Day Hell in the Cell match uh, for me for, for match of the year on the main roster. Uh, also, you know, in, in this whole AJ looking this great thing, Brock's selling for AJ, especially during the calf crusher, fantastic, oh, yeah. I thought. I mean, that was, I mean, I think someone put that, that his entire body changed color except for right around his mouth. I mm. mean, his selling is for, I mean, and that's part of what, you know, if you think of Im, uh, think of wrestling as kind of an improv scene where each guy is kind of making the other guy look good, you need the other guy, especially monsters to sell. And sometimes they don't, sometimes the dominant guys don't sell as well as they should. Uh, Brock Lesnar made AJ styles look like a million bucks with his selling here mm-hmm. tonight. And he should be commended more for his ability when he is motivated to really get that kind of emotion into his performance. Yeah. This, uh, I mean, on any other pay-per-view, if this was the main event of it, it would have been a fantastic main event and a great way to end the show. 
Obviously, <laughs> it wasn't going to be the main event on this show because he had the big Survivor Series match that was getting all the time leading up. Uh, it was a Survivor Series match headlining a Survivor Series show. The Brock-AJ match was not for any championship, so absolutely made sense for this to not be the main event. Uh, but it was uh, a big-time deal. And it makes you want to see these two again. I don't think it's going to happen at WrestleMania. I don't believe they are going to, quote-unquote, screw Roman Reigns and set him aside. Uh, but if Brock and AJ happen again, I think most people would be excited for it. I'm going to ask the question. Ask the question. We had a couple of gender promos tonight. Is that going to be a thing? Uh, gender? Just I mean, Jinder's still alive, so yes. Um, do you think Michael Cole starts to call him Jin? <laughs> you know what I mean when I ask this question. Is he winning this title back on Tuesday? Possibly? I don't believe so. Uh, that is the okay. match uh, Tuesday in Houston. AJ Styles, Jinder Mahal. I do not believe he is winning the title back. Uh, he's wrestling Triple H in the main event. Uh, if they want to make that the biggest main event in Indian history, which is what they're which is what they're saying right now, Maybe you put it for the title. Maybe Jinder defeats Triple H and retains the title. Um, I just don't see the point in it. Why Why put it on AJ just what? Just to have the AJ Brock match and not to have to, to put Jinder in there? That's the only mm-hmm. reason you do it? Because I, I don't buy it. I think AJ is going to be the champion. I see AJ going into WrestleMania as the champion. What you do with Jinder Mahal, I mean, could you possibly still do John Cena, Jinder Mahal? Uh, sure. I guess if you do that, it's probably going to have to be for a title match, but I don't know. I, I, just I, don't, see, I don't feel I, him winning it on Tuesday. I could see the logic in going, I don't want Jinder to get beat up by Brock going into this match in India. Okay, so he gets beat up had, by AJ. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay. Where we've already had one show canceled. It, yeah. It's... I, I, th- God, I think they're going to put the belt back on him for some reason. I don't think they should. But, I mean, it would not surprise me. I'll put it that way. I'm not going to say they're going to, but I, I would not surprise me if they did. And if you do put the the uh, title back on Jinder, it gives those shows, because now they're doing December 8th in Abu Dhabi and then December 9th in India. It would give mm-hmm. them a world championship on the shows because Brock Lesnar is not on those shows. And they are actually Raw-branded uh, house shows, just headlined right. by Jinder Mahal and Triple H. So you could put a title on that run of shows. But that would take off the run of uh, that would take off the title on the run of shows in the states or whatever wherever they're touring uh, on the SmackDown side that week if it's U.S. Canada or wherever. So I don't know. I I just don't I don't feel like it's going to happen. You didn't even have Jinder Mahal on this pay per view wrestling a match. He's going to be the world champion again in two days. Come on. Yeah, but his presence was felt. That's the problem. Oh, if he wasn't was on this show at all, I mean, they didn't do an inset promo of him before the match. I wouldn't have thought twice about it. If they had just done the interplay backstage, I thought, okay, you know, they're going to give the tease for TV, but doing the inset promo, I kind of yeah. took pause to that. If I put it on the poll, if I asked at shake them ropes on Twitter, would this show have been better with Jinder Mahal versus Brock rather than AJ versus <laughs> Brock? Do you think it's coming back? A hundred percent. No. Uh, uh, no, because you'll have contrarian. 98%. Contrarian wrestling Twitter. 98% no. Uh, so that is Survivor Series, uh, the 2017 edition. The next show we have in the WWE special event slash pay-per-view lineup is Clash of Champions. 
coming from Boston, December 17th. So we're a month away from Clash of Champions. That is a SmackDown uh, show. Uh, So John Cena might be back for that in his hometown of Boston, Massachusetts. If they're doing Tuesday, Jinder Mahal AJ, I guess if you're going to do Jinder Mahal AJ as the main event of the Clash of Champions show, then you could put the belt on Jinder and maybe switch it back to AJ again at Boston. Just keep doing title changes. It would extend the feud because if AJ just beats Jinder on Tuesday, you have to go in a completely different direction. My personal belief is that they will go in a complete different direction. I think AJ is wrestling someone else on that show at Clash of Champions. Uh, every championship has to be defended, right? That's still the gimmick. Yeah, that's still the gimmick. So uh, so we'll see. I mean, do they do AJ versus Shinsuke? Do they do uh, Do they do Randy Orton? Could they do Randy Orton AJ? Uh, that, that is a pay-per-view dream match for me. You know that. Randy Orton, AJ. Yes. Uh, a lot of different options. Tuesday will basically tell us. I think we'll get the gist of what they're going to do Tuesday. Uh, I'll ask you this. Show. Who do they put against Charlotte on this show? Oh, four-way. Oh, God. They're going to do a multi No, please. Please, Na- no. Natalia, Becky, and Naomi against oh. uh, Charlotte with, uh, with Carmella possibly teasing a cash-in all month long. But then Tamina's oh, left out. So, then Tamina's left out. I don't know. Well, no, we'll have to, then we'll have to make it a five way. <laughs> well, it is a oh, it is a SmackDown branded show, so you could do a singles match for the championship. You can you can make it Tamina, or you can make it Natalia and put the others in a a six woman tag or a tag team match. You can have, uh, and you probably should have at least two women's matches on the show. So I could see it being a singles match uh, with the tag team match also on the card. Um, I'll and call it, my shot. I will call my shot. Call I think shot. it's going to be I think it's going to be Becky Lynch one on one. I think Charlotte's going to want mm-hmm. that kind of match. All right. All right. You say Becky Lynch. I would go right now with Tamina. I believe okay. Tamina would do it. Uh Tamina That's would get that call. call. Uh just give it out of the way, right? Give Charlotte an easy win against Tamina. Mm-hmm. Uh, also happening this weekend was NXT Takeover War Games. We are going to uh, now. Here's the thing from last week. Okay, so I I had thought I did not know the NXT TV taping spoilers going into it. I thought they were building Tino and Riddick Moss versus the Street Profits <laughs> for uh, for the pay per view for Takeover War Games, or at least a TV taping later in the future. Little did I know it had already happened, and it was on last week's NXT TV. The build up, the go home for this takeover uh, a much shorter match than I expected. Pretty one-sided uh, the Mon- uh, Montez Ford and the street profit that is not Montez Ford get the win up against Tino and Riddick Moss. Uh, but Tito and Riddick Moss have made their statement. I mean, they're in this game that your tag team division coming up now is going to feature Riddick and Tino. And of course the street profits um, who are the tag team champions right now, Jeff, is it still sanity? It is still sanity. So you have sanity in there. You have the authors of pain in there for right now. Uh, the undisputed area. You have Kyle O'Reilly. You have Bobby Fish. There are a lot of gents in you this tag team division one. right now. Who are they? Oh, we have TM61 coming back. Heavy machinery. Heavy machinery. Uh, there are a lot of tag teams in this division. One could say, Jeff, that now would be a good time for a Dusty Rhodes tag team classic. They traditionally go at the end of the year. They, so yes, I, two, I would think so. They they've been in the uh, in the fall the last two years, but Jeffrey, mm-hmm. would it make sense? No better place to hold a Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic from start to finish 
than center stage in Atlanta, Georgia Ooh. over the course of the first two months of NXT TV. Ooh, that's sexy, Rob. I like that. <laughs> I think I think that's what we're getting between Royal Rumble and the uh, WrestleMania takeover. I think we're getting the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. It, it would be a perfect time to do it. There's so many teams in there, and you can introduce some new dudes. We and don't you have could reintroduce new... yes. uh, like TM61, right. too. I mean. That is right. I have at it. Um, yeah, have at it. Have a have a uh, qualifying match or something on that takeover Royal Rumble weekend. You know, do something first round match, second round match, whatever. Uh, but Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic. Uh, we'll see if it happens. I think that would be the perfect time, perfect That'd time to let it happen. Uh, also, before we get into this NXT Takeover show, um, the house show Friday, this coming Friday, in Charlotte, North Carolina. Right, I believe it's in Charlotte. Right. Or is it not in Charlotte? Yeah, uh, Greensboro. Greensboro, because they were just in Charlotte for TV. Uh, Greensboro, right. North Carolina. Starcade house show, not being televised. That's fine. No problem with that. Uh, Dustin Rhodes versus Dash Wilder added to that. Uh, added to that SmackDown house show. So they are letting Dustin wrestle on his dad's namesake pay per view. Oh, and Dash is absolutely geeked over this because he's a he's a Carolina kid. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. So I, I'm happy about that. The only disappointing thing about that card is that I don't believe the Rock and Roll Express are going against uh, the Good Brothers. They are now, I think that, they are now just changed. appearing. They are now just yeah. appearing on the show. Oh, that's disappointing. I want to see. That would have been a match I think I would have enjoyed for some reason. I, I, yeah, I believe they changed it to just appearing. I don't know if they just didn't want to you know, be involved in it. So they announced that Ric Flair is going to be a part of the Starcade. I'm, I'm bringing up the article now because they basically mentioned what matches are going to take place. Um, and yeah, the, I correct. The Hardy boys are confirmed to appear, uh, as are WWE hall of famers, Ricky, the dragon steamboat and the rock and roll express. So they could still do the match, but there's no mention right now of a match between the rock and roll express and, uh, gallows and Anderson at this moment. Uh, maybe gallows and Anderson, they just needed them for the raw shows. Maybe they needed those two bodies for the raw house show. Uh, no, I don't know I why you couldn't that, just switch a SmackDown tag team, but. So it is. They weren't. Yeah, they were announced to because uh, they were talking that they wanted to be on the card. And I guess they put them in a. I forgot who they're against on this card. I think it's Breezango. Well, right now they're Breezango is uh, not on the card as well at the moment. Uh, they're uh, they have an official card listed. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But yeah, it doesn't look like they're going up against the Rock and Roll Express at this point. Uh, anyway, takeover. Uh, the mm-hmm. best match on the show opened up the show. Lars Sullivan, Cassius Ono. Lars Sullivan is a beast. He is the next Hulk Hogan. I liked the match. I think, uh, Cassius Ono was the guy to put in this for, for the opener. Um, he got to do a lot of his athletic stuff. Uh, I like Lars. Su- yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a mean guy. Two big dudes just beating the crap out of each other match, which I love. Uh, generally, I loved the kip up into the uh, clothesline spot. I thought that was fantastic. Lars Sullivan to me has a bit of a problem in in terms of his. He'll be fine in NXT, but Vince's main roster is the land of giants, and he is not a superlative giant. So to he's speak. not. He's tall. kind of. He's not. Tall. He's not tall. He's Correct. not super strong like Braun. Oh, but he's so, he's not. He's a thick bro super, though. Yes, he is. He's not, but he's not super agile like, say, Luke Harper. Yeah. He's kind of a guy who is who is in danger, possibly. I mean, I think mm-hmm. he'll get a nice little push brought up, but he's kind of like that second tier yeah. giant. It's yeah. kind of like, yeah. 
it's kind of like when Andre and Bundy were around big John stud is how I put it. I mean, okay. I think, mm-hmm. I think he can eventually get something to differentiate himself. Like his, his, his speaking ability is obviously much better to me than bronze is because I mean, he, he kind of, he has that nice intelligent giant thing working for him and I hope they go with that. But, uh, yeah, there were a couple of uh, spots where he had to kind of re-get his grip to throw Ono, but I, I thought the match itself was quite good. I, I don't know what happens with Cassius Ono after this, but this is his role. So, you Here's know, the thing. Indie, indie, indie darling Chris Hero is gone, kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lars Sullivan reminds me of another shorter guy who was super thick and super strong, who could speak pretty well and made his way up to the main roster eventually overcoming a lot of odds. Uh, John Cena. Okay. Not really. He doesn't remind me of that yet, but no, it's not impossible. It's not impossible for a quote unquote giant. Uh, Cause he doesn't have to always be portrayed as a giant, just a really strong dude with the biggest hands that are in the company. This guy's got bigger mitts than Brock Lesnar. He can choke guys out. He can strangle them. He can kill them with murder and death. Uh, so there's a future there for Lars Sullivan. Uh, speaking of a future, and uh, obviously the best match on this show, uh, Alistair Black defeated Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream really brought it for those who might have been doubting. I and mean, this guy was a star-making performance. Velveteen Dream, the next Hulk Hogan. <laughs> it's a great story match, I thought. Um, I'm going to be very interested to see where Velveteen Dream's in-ring goes from here quite a bit. I mean, I- I'd love for he and Noof to be- get sent out on a two year excursion somewhere and come back. Cause they're both so young and get a different style to come in as opposed to just WWE. Uh, you and I made the same joke. We'd love the street profits to be Patrick Clark and Mo- and Montez Ford. We think that'd be a money tag team. So you and I are simpatico on that. Well, Imagine if they were a tag team. I don't want them to be because they should both <laughs> be singles wrestlers and superstars. Yes. But imagine if that was the tag team and the street profit that isn't Montez Ford was kicked out of that group. Um, the match I compared this to in NXT canon was uh, Natty and Charlotte for the title because I think uh, Alistair Black did a great job in the more complicated technical sequences of of helping lead Patrick Clark through there and and really helping to hide a lot of his weaknesses. Uh, yeah, but I mean he was he's a great character and he has that now is kind of that crossroads that he has. Can he now make in ring work match the character because the character is getting over so well. Now we're going to, now he's going to get higher profile matches, even in losing. Is it going to now match up? That's going to be the big question here. I, I hope so. Cause I, I really think he is. I mean, he, he's very, I mean, some of the athletic moves he was doing were phenomenal. I thought I loved that twisting uh, DDT type maneuver he did. So I mean, I, I liked it. I thought Alistair Black was quite good in this, and I liked the button of of saying the name at the end, the mutual respect thing. It was great. I and the crowd popped for I it. I don't huge. want them to be a tag. I don't want them to be a tag oh, team. No. I saw people putting no, no, no. that down. I'm like no, no, no. no, I don't. We just went through that with Oni Lorkin and and Martin Stone. We don't need another story like this that. was this was actually ultimate babyface that alistair black did that at the end because he was showing respect he's not he's <laughs> not being a dick he beat the guy so ultimate babyface beats the guy but doesn't rub it into him right you know and and it actually makes alistair black look even better because you you look at that and you're like hey this really good guy 
just made a compliment to the Velveteen Dream. Velveteen Dream must be really good. And in your mind, you're thinking, okay, Alistair Black is at that level. So I, I thought that was a great way. And the crowd was behind it. They This is a crowd that was paying attention to NXT television because they knew the gimmick was that he didn't want to say the name and they waited for yeah. it at the end. Uh, so Did this was a match, win. Yeah. This Did that match turn yeah. him? Did it turn him in face? Well, no, I don't think so. Okay. I, I just think it makes both of them on a, on a higher level than when they walked into the match, uh, especially Velveteen Dream. Uh, the NXT Fatal 4-Way for the Women's Championship. Ember Moon is your new champion, uh, which was, it's a good call. I mean, I, I thought it was Nikki Cross's time, uh, but if you're going to give it to someone who wasn't Nikki Cross, Ember Moon was the right was the right pick. Uh, interesting match. I didn't think it was all that great. Um, you know, it, it was perfectly fine. Uh, people are nitpicking certain spots in the match, but hey, it's it, it's an entertainment, you know, who cares if Nick across shoulders were down for 10 minutes after the Alabama slam? You know what I mean? I think they need to stop doing these four way matches with women. I'm, need I'm to just one on ones more and more. Yes, please. It, it made the crowd. Things it, get so convoluted. Yeah. And so too clever. Oh, we're going to do this spot and you're going to go here. I'm going to go here. I'm going to lift you up. We'll do this. Duh, duh, duh. And all these setup type of moves. And it's just, it's to just build a one-on-one right. feud. That's all I want out of this. I. It's interesting because out of the four women in this match, the one I could not see winning the title was Ember Moon. Okay. And then when they when I heard the commentary and I was reminded she's from Texas. Yep. And they showed Oscar in the crowd. I went, oh, now it makes sense. Yeah. They're gonna have oh, yeah. them pass the torch. Um, I thought Nikki Cross took a hell of a bump on that power bomb on the outside. I thought that was really good. I liked the the spear sequence with Peyton uh, and and Kyrie. That was real nice. I like and I liked the, uh, the 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 Tower of Doom spot because it didn't it didn't last forty seconds before they pulled it off. She just went up there, did the German suplex, and got out of there. I liked that a lot. Um, I thought I was going to see a little bit more of Peyton Royce in this match. Uh, than I did. It seemed a little bit rushed to me. Uh, I, you know what, last night on, on, uh, over on Fightful, I did the post NXT show and I had a bit of a problem with bringing in Oscar to hand and over the belt. I had a little bit of a problem with that because I think it, it, I mean, I understand their reasoning in that it gives Ember Moon a certain credibility, but at the same time, Oscar also cheated to win <laughs> all those matches and it, it just, I don't think she needed it. I think she needs to be seen on her own and her promo ability is going to have to improve because it sounds very stilted. It even sounded stilted in the video package where it sounded like they almost spliced a word to make it sound realistic. Um, but I didn't have a problem with this. I'm, I'm interested to see if the iconic duo is getting called up. That's what I'm interested to see, or yeah. maybe even sanity. But I don't think Sanity will. But I think there's a I, chance. There's a chance the iconic duo could get brought yeah. up. Uh, it, it, there this, is a chance. I. You want to talk about what's next for Charlotte? I mean, maybe it's Peyton Royce. Maybe be, it's Billy Kay. Maybe it's both of them. You could do something like that. I'll be very interested to see how Vince likes the act on the main roster because there's a chance. Never mind. Well, let's Maybe just there's a chance on. he hates them. And next Survivor Series in the five on five women's team, they're the first two eliminated. There's Maybe. a chance he makes them lesbians on, oh, the, on the next. Why? Two. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. Andrade Almas 
Andrade Almas is the new NXT World Heavyweight Champion. Defeated Drew McIntyre. Uh, super DDT, Tornado DDT off the top rope. And in trying to block that DDT, Drew McIntyre tore his biceps. Jeff, mm. Drew McIntyre might be out for a while. Uh, he was losing this title. This this came at the finish. Uh, a, a injury did not change the result of this match. I've been seeing that conspiracy theory been thrown around. Andrade Almas was the right man to win. He was the guy I was hoping would win. I think there's a ton of possibilities. The question, though, I have for you, was Drew McIntyre losing this match because a call-up was in his future? Is is this injury going to push those plans back to the point where they don't call him up? Or could we see his next appearance on television being the Raw or SmackDown after WrestleMania? It could be that. I would not be shocked at that. I also posited it when he lost, is Drew getting called up? I don't think it was just due to what I've heard from other sources that it was going to be the beginning of a program right. with Adam Cole. Mm-hmm. I think, though, in retrospect, this injury might be a bit of a blessing in disguise because I don't think a guy like Adam Cole should be beating a guy like Drew, Drew McIntyre. Or the other way around. I mean, honestly, the other way around, too. And the optics of Adam Cole versus Drew McIntyre looks so bad because they are so opposite body types. Right. Yeah. And 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 Adam Cole would look puny and be a lot of uh, it'd be a lot of undisputed era triple teams to get wins. It would just be boring Uh, television. It would be. To be honest. So this this gives a nice little wrinkle in that. Um it might be seeing Almas and Adam Cole feuding, which which intrigues cool. me. Cool. Yeah. I'll take that. Yeah. And I like this move regardless. But I think I think it's nice to occasionally take out a guy and see what you have there. Yeah. And I think I think his upswing here, since adding uh Zelina Vega, phenomenal. The Whoa. only the only downside to me of this match was that I think they used Zelina one time too many. I think they just needed her to do the spike Rana on the mat to help lead to the pin because I like my heel champions to have some credibility. I don't, I don't need the distractions all the time to help get almost the win. But, uh, overall, I, I think he definitely looked motivated in this match. I think McIntyre was, this is one of his best outings I've seen since coming back to NXT. And it's a shame he's going to be gone for a while, but, the uh, the bench is deep in NXT. Mm-hmm. Uh, he will be missed, but it will not be a gaping hole. Yeah, I don't think it could be a blessing. Um, Drew McIntyre, I think he's a big room player. Uh, he should probably and he would be more valuable on Raw or SmackDown. Um, so I, if that's where he's going to end up going, great. You can have you you have another few storylines available for him in NXT, of course. Um, he just you could he easily debut. You could easily yeah. redebut him in the Andre the Giant Battle Royal at Mania and have him or, win. Well, or something more important. I mean, let's be real, because that's too. that's the mid card Rumble. I mean, that's the mid card yeah. Rumble. Even if you win, but, it's the mid card Rumble. It doesn't but that's matter. That's how they do things. I mean, I they, that's how they. You know, shouldn't be. Shouldn't be with Drew. Make him. Make him be a big deal. Why can't you push him as the top guy? Not even has to be a top guy. Too. Yeah, top uh, middle card. Hey, what about a Drew McIntyre Kevin Owens feud? Tell me that would be awesome. 
Oh, it'd be great, but he's just coming off of injury, and so uh, yeah, I don't everyone's going to get that. Oh, yeah. oh, he's coming off of an injury. He should be in the Money in the Bank matches first match out. Oh God, that oh, they would do that too. You know that. Oh, or I know the, he, the ladder match. Yeah, the ladder match for the Intercontinental Title. Absolutely, what, put him in there. Oh. Put him in there. Uh, your main event was a War Games match: the Undisputed Era versus the Authors of Pain and Sanity. Uh, they surprised me. They surprised me with having Sanity as the last team to enter that match. I thought Authors uh-huh. of Pain were guaranteed to be the last ones to enter that match. Um, yeah, uh, this match right here. Um, first of all, they had the double cage, no roof. Uh, a lot of people were griping about that going in. I thought it was much better that they didn't have a roof. Like er, things can change. They don't just because it's traditional or it was the way things were done doesn't mean it was always the best way things are done. Uh, I like the fact, I like the build up of the cage. I like that they had the platform in the middle of the ring so you didn't have guys tripping and falling. Uh, I thought execution-wise for the War Games match itself was pretty good. I would not keep the exact rule set that they had for future events if you are going to bring War Games back in the future. Um, But just as a structure, I thought the match was perfectly fine. I thought the match was fine. I think the production had some very, oh, the, well, very that was the next step. problems. Oh my God. They not only did they miss some spots, but in the case of they the big double tower of doom, they missed everything. Yeah. Yeah. They missed. And what they really, I mean, someone else brought this up. So I'm taking his idea and I forgot who it was to give proper no, credit. No, what happens is you take credit, Jeff. You thought of this <laughs> idea. This was, this is how you do it. My idea was so-and-so no one well, knows. You see, I I'm a generous man. I like mm-hmm. to give credit where credit's due. And I thought it was, they should have brought in Jackie Crockett to do some consulting here on how to shoot a show with two rings. Cause it's obvious nobody there had ever done it. And it was also obvious that this was not the usual NXT crew. This was probably a main roster crew doing the technical work because they were doing close-ups of things like Kyrie Sane stomping to the corner, thinking that was a big deal they missed the the mirror powerbomb spot with the Samoan drop, or not the powerbomb, but the Samoan drop spot between Killian Dane and I think it was uh, Occam of the of the Authors of Pain to then lead to that face-off. They were just missing shots left and right all night that they should have been capturing, and hopefully this doesn't put a damper on wanting to try it again. That's what I'm afraid of. But for the match itself, the rules, the other thing that the the, the stupid... Elimination Chamber, which shark cage is going to get lit? Yes. And they oh, screwed that they did. up. They and screwed I'm just it up like, the oh. one time you had to do it. They screwed it up. The I mean, the, the one the, time. The ref, the ref is literally opening the, the cage for the authors of pain while the light is on. <laughs> yeah. And it had to quickly. Yeah. The crowd doesn't know what the hell's going on. Oh, that was such a miscue. Just do a coin flip. A worked coin flip, you know, like they did with the old war games or do, you know, do what they did in WCW. If you're going to do this three team junk, which I don't necessarily care for, but, you know, th- this is going to be the order people go in. You win qualifying matches to figure that out. Just don't don't do this. It was it was too clever by half. Um, the other thing that was too clever by half was the ending, because I, I really liked that superplex spot. That was amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. You gotta end there because it ain't gonna be topped after that. You you can't you can't get the heat back after that spot. You have to find a way 
and this is where the pinfall stipulation gets convoluted <laughs> because you have two referees in there as well. It's like, no, get rid of them. It's, it's war games. Have the guys surrender. You know, get get them an instant uh, submission move after that, and have a guy tap out. That's all you need to do. And they and they didn't do that, so it fell a little flat. Um, I, oh, the, I, the finish absolutely fell flat. I like the uh, idea of the count-out rule. Uh, a lot of people were griping when I was looking at the no, Twitter No, I like feed. that to keep guys in the cage. Exactly. I'm, if you're not going to have a roof, that's what keep guys in the ring. Because you're in this war games. You're not going in there thinking, yeah, we'll just bail if, if it gets too tough. You know it's going to be tough. And that and that ups the, the toughness of the competitors in there. Like little weaselly Adam Cole with his two buddies right there. He's leaving the match and you're thinking, okay, he would be the guy that would maybe leave this match. But if he leaves, he lets down the team. He can't win this match. He wants to win the match. That's more important than bailing. So I I like that idea of being in the rules if you're not going to have a roof. So that part worked out okay. Uh, Adam Cole, yeah, the the super kick finish at the end and then getting the pinfall. No one thought that was going to be the finish and it just is. And Adam Cole wins. So it seems to me they're setting up Adam Cole for something big. You can get the tag team title match between uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly with Sanity coming out of this uh, because they were a part of the winning team. So it gets everyone to their next endeavor. Uh, but what exactly that next endeavor is for Adam Cole, we're not quite sure. If it is going right to Andrade Almas, I think that's a good move. That could be your main event of the Royal Rumble takeover, Andrade Almas and, and Adam Cole. And I think that's a big one. And if they do that, think adam cole probably wins it mm. yeah i liked um i liked that uh <laughs> I, I like you i thought the authors of pain were gonna be the last team in but that i was liked too obvious it was obvious San- the, but then sandy turns it into an ecw cage match from 1998 <laughs> that was a fascinating thing i was all right now that then that makes sense then okay great it's obvious they wanted killian dane to be big after this match because i mean that dude <laughs> That dude was flying all over the place. I loved that coast-to-coast spot he did with the uh, Van Terminator, so to speak. Um, and look, as much as we thought there'd be no blood, poor Alexander you, Wolf. You got your blood. I mean, oh my goodness, I was so scared for that kid. And when he when, when I saw his head just busted open there, I was like, although, but that added a nice little touch to it, I thought. I mean, yeah, okay, this is a great, war games where you know guys are doing moves but they're still beating the crap out of each other this is great i thought bobby fish was very good in this match i i know that he didn't get to do a whole lot of flashy stuff but the little kind of vignettes he was doing you know like the moonsault spot i thought that was really really good and kyle o'reilly's uh when he hit himself in the head with the chair to then go into the belly to back i loved that sequence i know he's coming off as such a kind of a he's come off as the dork of the undisputed era, but that's fine. Um, overall, it was a nice first run. I hope they don't get rid of this concept as just a one shot and then decide to never do it again because there were some logistical issues. I'd really like to see this. I don't want to see it in terms of hell in a cell where you bring it back every year just to feel like bringing it back. But I think it. Right. it should. No, I, yeah, I think it should be, you know, it's in your deck of cards that, okay, we have a couple of feuds here that are getting really, really heated. We should build it to a war games match. That's mm-hmm. all you have to do as opposed to going, well, it's it's October. We're going to have hell in the cell again. Let's figure out a feud that we can stick in there. You know, I don't I don't want that. I don't want it to turn into 
what fall brawl and super bowl became in WCW where you had to have the war games just to have them. And then you try and figure out five guys on a team to put together. I, I, but it's there and you can use it. I, I, I love that. At shake them ropes. The poll question, will we ever see war games in WWE or NXT again, go vote at shake them ropes. It remains to be seen. If we will ever see war games again, it does not remain to be seen. If we will ever see Charles Manson again, we won't. He dead. Here it comes again. Lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican jerk turkey sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican jerk turkey sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 